The original format of the podcast was centered around pre- and post-session discussions to talk about what I was planning for the coming session and then do another show on how it actually went in play. Now, thanks to the podcast, I can go back and listen to myself talk about my plans for Session Zero from over a year ago and compare that to how the campaign has actually gone. It's a much more potent comparison than a single session look back. That comparison led me to think that the campaign required a tune-up. As a result, we took a pause and did another Session Zero of sorts. What happened, what was the goal of this new session, and how did we go about Session Zero Redux? Redux? I don't know how to pronounce that word. That's what we've learned in this podcast. This is Anatomy of a Campaign. Before diving into this, I want to share out some vital details about the game. Not the story or the characters or anything like that, but the nuts and bolts logistics of the game for context. The devil is in the details. We play D&D 5th edition. The campaign world is a homebrew creation, but mostly all of the official material is on the table. And that table is Roll20. Our group is spread out among five states in three different time zones. We use audio only, and we're currently using Discord. We're all adults with life obligations, kids, jobs, families, etc. We play two Saturdays a month. Each session lasts about four hours. What follows is my assessment of the wear and tear on our little campaign. Where possible, I am including feedback I received from the players. Our session zero, way, way back, missed the mark on one key element, party goals. There was an initial adventure where the group was aligned for sure, but the trajectory of the campaign and group was off-kilter. If you go back and listen to the very first episode of the podcast, my plan was to get everyone on the same page regarding the group before even beginning to design characters. What we actually got onto the same page about was how everyone fit in that first little caper. Constantine and Bren were designed to be very mercenary. Mir, the druid who has since perished, was capable of operating as a mercenary but had other allegiances. Voss had connections to the mercenary life but was mostly about escaping that and the followers of Semyana in particular. And Calda, the wizard who would also later be eaten by a crocodile, was looking for a magic book and had fallen into this adventure purely on accident. Nothing about him was very mercenary. Almost immediately, the schism among the motivations started to rear its head. Decisioning was challenged for the team, and their DM kept throwing more plot hooks at them. Brilliant. They're struggling to reach consensus. Throw them more options. The plot took over, which is a nice way of saying that rails appeared beneath them. There were choices along the way for sure, and the nature of the rails adjusted based on those decisions. But we got away from the issue of character motivation because the plot was omnipresent. The team hunted for and found the Balnexicon, fought the renegade hag Goramaya, and achieved a long-term objective. But, once that was over, the old problem of motivation came roaring back. Additionally, the relentlessness of the campaign managed to hammer down the players so that things felt overbearing. The team was struggling with the question, why do we adventure? And what's more, why do we adventure together? And what's even more more... I don't think that's a phrase, but we're going with it. Someone, we won't say who, had laid out so many plot threads that it was difficult to navigate the story, to determine what do we do next. There are more temples to be reclaimed, 
If you don't, the world might be destroyed or at least made to be less fun. There's gods returning, cult fanatics invading, a ghoul kingdom rising. There are pirates and druid civil wars and magic trees and an old helmet with a map on the inside and a weird bone necklace that fits into this somehow and a magic shield and... 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 The feedback I received was that we were starting to feel like murder hobos. That the non-stop nature of the conflicts was straining suspension of disbelief. That the world felt real and alive. Hey, wait, isn't that last one a good thing? Yes and no. Players don't care about your campaign as much as they care about their characters. If the best thing they're saying is about your campaign world, I don't think that's good. What was also clear is that the players have different gaming styles, and we needed to make sure everyone felt heard and had a... and had a text message. So we set up a group chat about the game. I'm calling it Session Zero Redux. Redux. Reduxes? But that's a bit inaccurate. It was really a chance to sit back, relax, and talk through the game in an open, transparent way. All right, I guess it was a Session Zero Redux. It seems I've managed to gloss over the first step. The first step is that I solicited feedback, and I pre-accepted everything in my mind, meaning I knew there was a problem, and I knew the players would tell me something, and that it would be true. At the very least, it would be true for them. As it turned out, I also agreed with everything I heard, but even if I didn't, it's important to assume people are giving you authentic feedback. If someone's not happy, I want to hear it. Not so I can defend myself, but just so I can hear it. Critical feedback is not negative. It's positive. Someone telling me the game is feeling oppressive is crazy helpful. Therefore, positive. Most importantly, it's true. Lordy, was it true. I sat down and figured out that 25 days had passed in-game. From when they first worked together to their arrival in Red Road to fight a bunch of ghouls. It covered just 25 days. Over a year of play in the real world translated to us handling less than a month of time in the game world. And that's step two, ingesting the feedback you get, taking it all in and breaking things down. The last podcast talks about story doctoring, and for sure, I leaned heavily on a lot of techniques mentioned there. I distilled things down to two main areas requiring tune-up. One, the plot was too confusing and oppressive. I needed to organize things and slow them down. Two, the characters needed to connect better, and the players needed to reconnect on what the other characters were all about. The first thing I did was create a one-sheeter organizing the plots. I'll put a link in the liner notes and in the subreddit. Essentially, it simplified it into two columns, the A plots and the B plots. The agreed-upon A plot, what the party was after, was to locate the other ancient temples. Specifically, they were coming to Medier to research about those temples. The B plots organized things happening around them which could become A plots, but for now were side projects and backdrops to the main action. For example, the cult of Semyana was invading the Rootlands, or how Constantine was looking for the lost dwarven clan Arkadin, or the civil war within the druidic circle Sativa belongs to. I didn't present any of this as law, simply as a view into how I see things based on what I've thrown at them, and what I've heard them prioritize. And then I asked them to tell me if I missed anything, or if anything needed to change. I'm not saying this chart is what every campaign needs, not at all, but this was what mine needed. 
Question. Would it have been better to have the players make this chart? Maybe. But none of them have the organizational view that I have. I've corresponded with all of them about their characters and what they want. All of the plot threads either originate with me or have been shared with me directly. I think it could be a valid way to proceed to have a template that I give to the group and have them fill it out. In our case, I set it up and looked for buy-in. If I had been less certain of the priorities, I might have handled this as a group activity. For us, I think they just needed to see it laid out in a structured fashion, and I think it worked. Immediate feedback was that, oh, this isn't as much of a hot mess as I feared, which is great. The next bit was talking through each character's personal motivation as well as one tangible thing they wanted to achieve. I knew the group chat was working when Mike suggested that he might retire Constantine and everyone objected. His point was that the surly dwarf was the outlier, the real criminal in the group, and there was a consensus reaction that, to me, meant everyone wanted to see this character's story unfold. Interest in other characters is the hallmark of a good game, I think. I learned some good insights about everyone's characters and what makes them tick. It was amazing how much clearer everyone was versus the original Session Zero. Shocking, I know, that after a year, people have better grasps on their characters. Lastly, we addressed everyone having a voice at the table. It's hard to manage group dynamics via audio alone. In-person is so much better for this. In real life, I used to teach a presentation course at work. The module of the course I designed was for presenting over the phone something we do all the time in my line of work. One of the points I made that I think lands home is that over audio, you have to ask for feedback. In person, you can see people's reactions, but over audio, you need to be asking, soliciting input, checking to see if everyone is tracking. Already, I've noticed folks asking rather than assuming consensus in the game. Just a little bit more. So let me see if I can recap the steps. One, solicit feedback. Check in with your players. Two, be accepting of the feedback. It's not wise to take offense or seek to refute the feedback you receive. Three, use it to assess what might need refinement. Check out the last podcast on story doctoring, but also be sensitive to group dynamic issues. The trick here is empathy. If it's a group worth keeping, everyone wants everyone else to have a good time. Believe that it's true. Four, address these things openly in a group meeting. Offer solutions and solicit more feedback. Address concerns and make sure you're understanding those concerns accurately. Make sure that the players are talking to each other, asking each other questions. It's important because this isn't just about the DM. The players need to feel that this is their game, they own it, and work with each other to make it better. And five, try to remember that it's just a game. One perhaps unorthodox thing I did was open up about what was happening next in the campaign. I didn't tell them what precisely I had planned, but I was transparent in explaining the pacing and intentions. I said Medier was going to have a tone like Paris ahead of the Nazi invasion, that they would have some time to research the temples and we would be doing more than a single session in Medier, but the war would be coming there. Despite that, there could be side quests. I also told them I expected the next big adventure to be the quest for the next temple. Essentially, I confirmed expectations. There are times when this would be counterproductive, but for now I wanted to let them know they would have some time to explore the city and enjoy themselves a bit. In our situation where I need to let the PCs invest in themselves, gear up, and enjoy the treasure they've earned, this makes a ton of sense. 
A session zero redux is unfortunately not a formula I can share. It demands to be a custom solution. The common denominator will be open and forthright communication. Ask good questions and listen to the answers. For me, this idea of communication is something that is always a good idea, but specifically a session zero redux needs to take advantage of the enhanced knowledge that the players and the DM have about their characters, the other characters, and the campaign at large. So ask good questions and listen to the answers. So what's a good question? Avoid yes-no questions. So don't ask, are you enjoying the campaign? Ask things like, what are two things you've enjoyed and two things you didn't enjoy in the campaign? Where do you think things are going next? How has the campaign lived up to your expectations? Mike Merles from Wizards of the Coast does something. He asks his players to email him things they would like to see happen in the campaign. For some, maybe that seems wrong, as if it's the job of the DM to figure that out. But we're not mind readers. I mean, sure, we kill our players with intellect devourers and take their brains and put a monster brain inside their body, but we're not mind readers. Expecting the DM or yourself to somehow know what you want is a bit Pollyanna, I think. In recent years, genre fiction has dealt with a lot of discourse around expectations or the subversion of expectations. Those who like The Last Jedi often speak of how it subverts expectations. The same holds true for this final season of Game of Thrones. Avengers Endgame is mostly touted for hitting expectations in a perfect way, where we didn't see it coming exactly, but even if we did, how they did it was very satisfying. My take on it is that we all have to have our expectations exceeded. And the only way that's possible is by knowing what those expectations are. As DMs, we have to ask. If your campaign has been going for a while, there probably was an expectation going into it. Along the way, you may have met or exceeded those expectations, but you might not have. And with three or more other opinions, the odds of you meeting all expectations is improbable. You have to talk about the game. What's a struggle for me is doing so in a way that does not feel like I am fishing for compliments, or that gets people's knee-jerk reactions. What I will do is send out individual emails soliciting feedback. Based on what I read, I follow up and, armed with that information from time to time, I will kick off a session by raising a couple of things I've heard. In a way, Session Zero Redux is something that should be happening on a regular basis in smaller discussions. I'm cognizant that for some folks, they might feel like their game is more than a little challenged, that a Session Zero Redux is more about triage than a tune-up. I said this in the Story Doctoring episode. You cannot game your way out of an interpersonal problem. If things are very bad, or you think they are, chances are you have a sense of what it is. I'd break down the catalyst for a Session Zero Redux into two very broad categories. One, game reasons. There's not as much fun, lack of engagement, maybe even misunderstanding around play styles. Or two, real-world behavioral issues. If it's the second one, I think it usually comes down to one thing. Someone, usually one person, at the table is taking extreme advantage and upsetting everyone else. The group or some of the group do not want to have a confrontation, but over time, it's getting worse and worse. Very simply put, the solution is to address it with them directly, i.e. have the confrontation. You can take them aside or do it right at the table. 
always be respectful and clear. Explain what it is that is unacceptable and that it has to stop. If they can't or won't stop the behavior, it's likely time to disinvite them from the game. Because the people we game with are often friends, family members, or co-workers. This can be very hard, but no one has the right to ruin other people's fun, including the DM's fun. And they certainly don't have the right to be abusive. I don't consider abuse a session zero problem. If someone is demeaning towards women or persons of color or honestly anyone for anything, that's not a problem with game expectations. That's a deeper life problem that Dungeons and Dragons can't really tackle. If the issue you need to have the session zero for is about a singular person and either how they play or how they interact with the other humans, then it's less session zero and more about the group dynamics. Best to bite the bullet and address it head on and don't make it about the game. It's about their behavior. I've cast the Session Zero Redux as a corrective measure, but in its best form, I think it's an opportunistic measure. It's not always about something being wrong. It can be about striking off in a new direction. It can and should be an opportunity to get together as the campaign's writer's room and discuss where all of this is going to go next. An obvious point to do this is at the tiers, when you reach 5th, 10th, and 15th level. The classic transition is the party begins with challenges centered around a town or city, then the nation by 5th, the world by 10th, and the universe itself by 15th. Those are great waypoints to discuss what the characters will be doing, what motivates them, how their lives are changing, maybe even if the party should progress to the next tier. Perhaps the campaign concept works best through 10th level, or maybe everyone is juiced to get into planar travel, and maybe it makes sense to say that several years have passed and everyone is 14th level now. Why not? The game should serve the needs of the group, not the other way around. Be open to the possibilities. And even if Session Redux is about correcting issues with the campaign, you should still look for opportunities to grow and tell new stories. In fact, if all you do is correct quote-unquote errors, then you fail to achieve what any Session Zero is supposed to achieve, a sense of excitement for what is coming next. So beyond soliciting feedback, identifying issues, and discussing solutions, you should also solicit ideas for the A and B plots. What do the characters want to do next? What background elements do they want to explore about each other and the world? Get a list and then talk through them all to see which one sparks with the most players. Include yourself, the DMs in that as well. You get to have fun too. Remember, none of this is written in stone. What it does is give you a course to pursue. As the game takes its inevitable twists and turns, go with the flow and seize the opportunities as they present themselves. Our group has had an informal hiatus driven by a very busy May for a couple of us. When last we left our heroes, they arrived in the city of Medier. Starting up in June, we'll be adventuring around a city under the shadow of invasion, an ancient location that serves as a bustling hub of commerce and intrigue, both in the city proper and the last iterations of that city far below ground. It may be a couple of weeks before we get to some juicy discussions about designing intrigue, building NPCs, and how to make research a compelling story element. 
This has been Anatomy of a Campaign. Please remember to keep your arms, legs, tentacles, and pseudopods inside the vehicle at all times. Anatomy of a Campaign reserves the right to repurpose lost children into creepy undead and is not responsible for the ruination of your campaign for following any of the advice provided herein. Please direct all customer service complaints to at Anatomy Camp on Twitter or on my subreddit at r slash anatomy of a campaign. Thank you for listening. <laughs>